Hello, everybody, and welcome to Becky Left the Chat. This is our... <laughs> yes. Did you forget what it was? Mixtapes feed. <laughs> I'm your host, Pat, joined by my co-host, Jen. Hey, what's going on? So we are here at the end of the month to uh, go over the movies. So what we're going to be doing... Ooh. There I go, getting a Facebook message. Already starting off good. Keeping it classy here. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be following along with the months of the year, as you know. We're in January. This is the year 1992. And we're going to look back at all the, uh, you know, just kind of give an overview, talk about some of the films. We actually are going to watch at least one movie. We're going to read about some movies. And then since we've seen them and our memory is a little bit silly, uh, we're going to play a little game called what How We Remember the Movie. And then we'll come back the next month and kind of look at it and... See how wrong we were. So are we going to do that for the month ahead? Like. Yeah. Like, well, so we made a big board. We're going to take a photo of it and then kind of show where we are. But for this month in January, we looked at what was out there and we highlighted a couple different movies. Um, Jen and I had never actually seen the movie Juice before, which had a 30 year anniversary and other podcasts were talking about it. So we're like, okay, let's give that movie a shot. So we watched that movie. That was Tupac Shakur's acting um, debut. It's a really good movie. Uh, I thought it held up pretty well. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, we read all about the number one movie, which was The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, which... That was bigger than Juice? Yeah, yeah money-wise, yeah. yeah. It made a lot of money. It was a batshit crazy movie in terms of, like, what happened. And then uh, we're, we're doing a carryover just because Oscar season comes up, and I know that what they have to do is they have to release the movie the year before in order to get it into screens, in order to get it up for Oscars. And so... A movie that I remember being around for the Oscars and stuff was Fried Green Tomatoes. And on our year-end wrap-up last year, we saw that that movie actually had come out in 1991, but um, released more nationwide in 92, so here it is. So we did not do any research about that movie, <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what I think the plot is, Jen's going to tell you what she remembers the plot is, and then next month we'll check in at the top of our podcast and tell you who was right, who was wrong. Oh boy. We also are going to do a little bit of our um, wonderful, fantastic uh, F. Mary Kill. Oh, really? Okay. And we are going to um, play some more 90s trivia. So get ready, get set, and let's get into it. So as I mentioned at the top, we watched the movie Juice. It's our first time seeing it, right, Jen? Yeah, I've never seen it before. So we watched the movie. The movie, we're not going to give like a 100% blow by blow, go through the whole thing. But basically, it's about the life and times of four teenagers growing up in Harlem in New York in, you know, early 90s. It showed uh, how difficult their lives were, how fast their lives could really take a drastic turn. Um, it portrayed a little bit of mental illness in there with at least Tupac's character because it appeared like his dad had something happen to him or, you know, because they were making fun of him on the, on, you know, they're making fun of him and calling him names. The other, like some of the bar owners and stuff were saying that they knew him from the neighborhood and stuff and they were calling Tupac crazy and he really was acting like a serial killer in the film. Um, <laughs> and also just how quick things escalate. Um, you know, what started as what seemed like a nice normal day for these kids that were being a little truant and not going to class and just doing high school kind of things um escalated pretty quickly yeah when they ended up um you know buying cigarettes doing all the things that kids do uh from an area where uh the character of omar epps ended up going inside q q 
ended up going inside of a um, store, well, inside of like a bar in order to get cigarettes because it was his turn to go get cigarettes. So he goes in to get cigarettes, runs into a guy that had just got out of jail that was then robbing the place. So this that really seemed to be the catalyst that set off Tupac's character to kind of veer into being like, well, I want to do something like that. Then. Right, which is crazy because what happened was then they went back to their friend Steele's house and on the news, it, it breaking news was that this guy just got killed by the police because he was, you know, holding up the place. Yeah. So it's it, funny that that made him want to do the same thing. Yeah, because they basically, I mean... You know, one of the one of the earlier scenes, they were, you know, or or Tupac's character, um, Bishop was kind of get he was getting like harassed a little by it seemed I believe it was like a Puerto Rican gang mm-hmm. out front of like a bodega kind yeah. of in the area, and as that was happening, like his friends had his back, but then he just didn't, you know, they just wanted more in that street level life and then that's kind of where he just was like all right you know we all need to do bigger and better things we need to you know maybe rob somebody do a stick up and then well also in the beginning of the movie you see the the other three kids um getting ready for school with their like brothers and sisters and their family like come on get ready and it seems like normal kid like teenage Mm -hmm. morning rituals and then in Bishop's case, you see his dad just kind of staring up into space at the TV, and it's kind of, like, strange and solemn, and he, like, slips money in his pocket. Like, um, Bishop slips money in his dad's pocket. Yeah, like, like you can tell pocket. whatever... So you could tell that, like, they needed money, or he felt responsible to, like, help some in some way, and I think that's really, like, the window into having any sympathy for this character that you get, because <laughs> he just becomes absolutely Well, because it's horrible. also, I mean, you could also tell that, you know, from each one of the characters, you know, it just went down the line of, like, bad home, worse home, the worst home, right? In terms of, like, people that maybe need intervention or needed help or something, you know? And that was just their lives, right? And so, like, you got to him and his dad's catatonic. I think it was his grandma or something like that that was making him breakfast. Somebody was making him breakfast. I think it was his grandma. You know, getting him ready. And then it was, like, his dad's catatonic. There he is. He's getting picked on by the other people. Obviously, it doesn't excuse his homicidal rage, um, that happens later on, but you're just kind of seeing this going, man, you know, and it's funny because one of the bigger interactions and why I think the movie holds up really well is because you just, when Q's character is being interviewed by the police, you just see him basically go like, we are fucked. Whatever you want us to be, we are because right. you guys have us here and we're young black teenagers. We're whatever you want. Yeah. And that, and you know, you look back now, especially 30 years later, so many killings so many things were pinned on people that it turns out they didn't do it right they spent 20 years 30 years yeah people getting out of jail jail. now that are like Mm -hmm. oh now that we have all these dna Mm -hmm. technologies and stuff we can now we know that you didn't do this crime now we know that you're not the killer and it's like well you know and meanwhile i mean not to 100 percent spoil the movie all the way but i mean like well i mean honestly like this is a <laughs> this is a podcast about a movie that happened True. 30 years ago. I feel like spoiler alert on any movie we talk about. True. You know? But I mean, it's just something where, like, when you're watching it and you're seeing it, like I said, for, with us for the first time, but when you're when you're seeing it, you're like, man, like the plan that was hatched in 92 for, you know, for Bishop, Tupac's character, to get away with everything was pinning everything on cue 
And it all like made sense in like a 90s, like this makes sense. Yeah. You know, you plant like one or two little seeds of like, well, this guy was angry at this guy and then he was mad at this. So like he did all the murders and it's like, no, you know, but nobody would have listened to them. Nobody would have listened to Q. Nobody would have listened to, you know, their their friend, um, you know, I, I believe. Steel. Steel. Yeah. I was gonna say Raheem Steel. I, I believe his Raheem name was. was the first one. Raheem was the first one. I got, yeah. He was like the leader. Like, nobody would have listened to them because they were all accomplices in this mur- in this r- initial robbery at murder. the bodega that then turned into a murder. So they were all yeah. going to jail for that, you know? And meanwhile, all Q wanted to do was be a DJ. And Yeah. Well, the peer pressure, he went along with that. He went along with it. He's there involved in a robbery. That it's, turns into it's... a murder. And then they all get killed. They all get, you know, all all their lives get completely ruined all within the course of, like, two days. Three days. It's I mean, wild. it's crazy how fast it happens. And... I'm sure those type of stories exist, um, but they just aren't told because it's like, again, was Q and, you know, Raheem and, and were they bad people? Not, I wouldn't say they were any worse than some of the hijinks that other people kind of get into in the beginning. Like Bishop obviously was troubled and then he shot the, he shot the store clerk for no reason. For no reason. But he did not need to shoot him. Um, the other, the other guys, like they're just there. And now all of a sudden they're involved in an armed robbery and they're going to jail. And then, okay, now, well now they were just stuck. And then they were basically stalked throughout the rest of the movie by Bishop, who just was, now he was holding over that power and like, obviously liked to kill people, but then he was holding over that power over them. Basically being like, I, you know, I can make up whatever story or if one of us goes down, we all go down, you know? And he didn't seem to, it didn't seem to bother him. He was there to get that juice, to get that power. Uh, you know, and then again at the end, you know, and it just ends and Q's left and that week or whatever it was, this movie took place, his entire life's over. Yeah. It's just, They're going to catch him and it's going to be over. What, what is he going to say? If he tells that story, he's still an accomplice. He still could have done the right thing. He talked to the police once. He's getting, they're throwing him in jail and they're throwing away the key. Yeah. And it's sad because when you watch it through the lens of kind of him, if you watch it through the lens of his story, he didn't want to get involved in the robbery. Nobody did. But then he did. He went along yeah. with his friends. But he didn't want to get along. There was never any intention of killing anybody. So yeah, then right. that escalated. Then he, you know. But my up... thing is, if you don't have an intention, why is there even a bullet in the gun? Like, obviously there wasn't an intention on three of their parts. But, you know, in Bishop's head, it's a possibility. Cause but he Bishop the didn't gun. get the gun. No, Bishop didn't get the gun. Oh. The gun was got by, I believe it was Raheem, right? Oh, Raheem got, Raheem them, got yeah, the gun. Yeah. Raheem got the gun. Then Bishop took the gun. So then Bishop had the gun. He's like, I want the gun. That's right. So then That's he right. got the gun. So, I mean, I'm guessing, I'm guessing in this world or in the world when you're buying a gun, you're probably, you know, probably buying it with six bullets. You know, you're probably buying it loaded. Yeah. You know, or whatever. I mean, you know, it's just you- wild because they were like best friends, you know, did they like, like just being in such a violent, crazy environment, you know. But you, you can, just get sucked into it, even with the people that you know and love. It's 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 crazy. But then you could tell that like Bishop was jealous of Q and where he was going. That's Tupac's character, Omar Epps' character, like where he was going with the DJ stuff and whatever, and not wanting to like help him. And and I think that that's yes, the setting. I, I mean, it's it's refreshing, especially for '92, to show this kind of story because it was showing a different lens. But it's the same story you see in every neighborhood. It's New York City was their small town. It just happened to have everything. These are small town kids 
living in a small area, right? There's big city kids. They're obviously big city kids, but I mean in the sense that you could tell the same story of four friends. Well, it's about a neighborhood, about on Harlem. A neighborhood, exactly. Yeah, it's not you about know? New York City as a whole. Like they're yeah. they're not leaving Harlem in this movie. They're they're in their neighborhood. Yeah, but but all, well, but also it makes it, it it doesn't make the city, which I think is important. It doesn't really make the city like a character a lot of other movies you know you you see the scene of like the taxi cabs driving by and people yelling hey you know let to get into a cab or trying to hail a cab or you know the businessmen with their you know wall street journals under their arms and people with briefcases and like a hustle and bustle city it was a neighborhood it was about this neighborhood it was yeah, about these kids right. in this neighborhood because i don't think harlem was like that like i don't think no. it's a hustle and bustle area it's harlem. No. It's, it's a neighborhood you know but a lot of times people lie not lie but they romanticize when they make like a new york city movie or make a movie about a city where they're having the city be this like another character the yeah, city here that's true seemed like what it seemed more like is it seemed you know it seemed like a like a setting, very gloomy, very yeah. sad. Because at that at that time, Harlem was very sad. It was very gloomy. It was dangerous. You know, right. this is before all the streets were quote unquote cleaned up and everything like that. So it was this kind of poverty and this kind of difficult conditions, and it made it seem like a place where you're never going to get out of it. And it seemed really right. really sad and small and like them meeting in those abandoned buildings all the time again. And that's something that you're like, wow, yeah, because when. When I think of New York City, um, and again, you know, Jen and I are from the island, you know, Long Island, so we grew up in the quote-unquote, you know... Well, we grew up in the suburbs. Suburbs, yeah. but not even like the Queens or, or Brooklyn level suburbs. Well, like Queens and Brooklyn are part of the city. They're I know, but if you think of, if people think of Manhattan, then they think of suburbs, they might think, oh, okay, King of Queens or something like that. Like, we grew up further. Everybody loves Raymond Territory. Yeah, so, but FYI people, Queens is not a suburb. True. Part no, of I know, I know, I know. But I, but the, the point that I'm trying to make is like and where we grew up, we grew up away from all of that. So when I remember my first things remembering of the city. So I remember a little bit of the dirtier city Then I remember the city getting cleaned up. And then I remember the city like before 9-11 that I remembered after. And it was like it was clean. It was never like a to me. I was never scared in New York City. This version of New York City seemed scary. Like where they were seemed scary. It seemed really like. You turn down the wrong alley, it's dark, it's bad, it's dangerous. And I think that's what it was at that time. So I thought it was really, really cool how they played that up. You, you Like, instead of it being, you know, a lot of times when you're watching, like, a thriller or a horror movie, and they're in the middle of the woods. What's scary is that they're in the middle of the woods. Here, right. what was scary is, right. like, okay, well, at any corner, there's another cop that's driving around patrolling. Or... You know, like I'm in this abandoned building and I'm walking right by my friend that just got shot because, you know, again, their life takes place in this right. small and you never know. And it did feel like you never knew who was going to be waiting on the other mm-hmm. side, like after, when you turn the corner or yep. the alley. Like it, it felt like, were, I mean, the fact that their friend was turned out to be like homicidal maniac. Yeah. Like he killed Raheem and he almost killed Steele. Right, and he tried to kill Q. So it's kind of like it, you can't even hide from like it's just everywhere. It's just the condition is so violent that it just seeps into you know and, every and, part of your life. You can't and, get you know, away from it. And, you know when you rewatch it thirty years later, and again for well, what, we just watch it for the first or, time, or you know if you yeah. watch it for the first time, you know it came out thirty years ago, and a lot of the themes or a lot of things that have been playing out in society today too, still like hey. You know, people, you know, people need help. People need mental health. And also, you know, the cops are just doing, making their own decisions. In this case, they weren't wrong. 
which is the crazy part is because when Q is not going to talk to them, he, if he would have talked to them, he would have went to jail. So it was really like one of those weird, like, well, you guys got me anyway. Right. But he probably would have, I mean, in retrospect. No, because they picked him up like immediately. They picked him up when his friend died. They didn't pick him up right after the robbery. He was definitely going to jail. If he would have been like, oh, yeah, he listen would to have, the guy but, over there. You know, yeah. in retrospect, he would have saved Steele's life. I mean, Steele lives. Mm-hmm. That we think he lives anyway. I mean, he didn't, you know, die immediately from the gunshot. And, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the movie, Bishop dies. So, like, he could have saved oh, Obviously, him. Bishop was going to die no matter what. He would have probably died in prison. Yeah, you know, at the rate he was going. Like, how fast he escalated. Was, yeah, he was playing fast and loose. Yeah. So, so I mean, it was a really good movie. The homicide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, really, he really went from one to a hundred there. It was a really good movie. I definitely recommend it. You know, it. he was um, he was playing with the, the, the method acting, Tupac. Did you know that? No. He made everybody on set apparently call him Bishop. Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. Yeah, and he'd be like, he was like really intense. Apparently he like stormed That's off awesome. set a few times. And like, yeah. That's awesome. I think he was like, what, like 21 or something? Something like that, yeah. So, it was, I mean, it was, and you could tell like he, obviously with this performance, he only would have got better and better and better um, if he had lived. And Yeah, so I'll say he was only 25 when he died. Uh-huh. Because I, I, mean, I was, yeah. I mean, we'll get there on the other podcast and the music stuff. I mean, it's not a spoiler. Pe- yeah. People know. I know, but I'm saying it's like one of those things where you watch this and you're like, wow, this is really a tour de force. This is really... It was a good movie. Really yeah. Good. I mean, I'm glad I, I had no idea what to expect. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be at all. Um, especially the way it started. It felt kind of like, oh, a bunch of kids hanging mm-hmm. out, doing kid-like things, getting into like minor mischief. And yeah, they like, they like robbed, a, you know, the record store. Remember they, you know, when Q was like flirting with the girl. Mm-hmm. And they did some, some shitty things, but, like, nothing, you know. Nothing outside of things you would expect teenage kids, you know, the right. hijinks for them to get into. Right, and especially get in, and get in, in a neighborhood like this. Yeah, it's bad. Mm-hmm. And, and then it just... It escalated. And you knew it was going to be bad, too. When they were going to rob the bodega, you're like, ooh, this isn't great. You, you had the... I had a feeling of doom. I had a feeling that right. doom was approaching. I did not think that... Um, Raheem was going to be murdered instantly. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, whoa. Yeah. It really, like, took a hard, and then, hard the, And then the funeral scene was tough. Oh, the funeral scene where Bishop's, like, um, you need, comforting but, the uh, mother. Oh. oh, my God. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. And you're like, yeah. man. And then Q's girlfriend was, like, a nurse. And, like, he's in high school. So that was the whole thing. And her boyfriend or her ex-husband was there. <laughs> it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. But... It was a really cool movie. We definitely recommend that you guys check it out. It was good. Um, and, you know, talk to us about how bad we butchered discussing it. Listen, you can. Yeah, that's what the socials are for. So, the movie that we read about. Now, and again, the, the way we're going to work this is, it's not always going to be the movie we read about, but this time, we did not see The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. I feel... I had a really hard time... F- I was actually looking for it. I had a hard time finding it. Like, I feel like I've seen it at some point. When I was younger, like not younger, younger, but like kind of younger, right? Like maybe my parents had rented it on, you know, on tape or something. And like I had watched it. But this movie, uh, Jen, do you uh, know a lot about this movie? Um, no, so, I don't. I, I looked it up very briefly. I was trying to find it to watch it. Um, I had trouble doing that, and then I was reading the synopsis, and I was like, so there's some sort of, like... I got you. I weird got you. suicide situation. So... <laughs> it so, sounded insane. So, basically, again, since we read about it, but then, you know, kind of to talk about what it would be, like, this movie, now, 
is made on like Lifetime or it's actually like a movie that's out there that's actually like not as um like not as thrillery like this is definitely like a 90s like 90s vibes early 90s vibes but a like a Seattle obstetrician like a mom is about to give birth to like her second kid she goes to her obstetrician he molests her she tells the husband then they report him to the medical board. Other women come forward that he also molested them. So the doctor commits suicide. Oh, so see, since the doctor, I thought the husband did when I thought this no, no. is even crazier. So since the doctor commits suicide, his wife gets like nothing. And they take all the assets to pay back the women that he was molesting. Okay. So then his wife changes her name finds out who the person is that reported him because she sees her on the news then answers the call to be the nanny so now she's the nanny for these people that reported her husband okay and by the way this is how we're going to do these movies that we read we're not going to like get into all the character names and everything like that because we're just going to give like an overview of the movie like i didn't see it so it'd be wrong for me to tell you all the actors actresses how they did it or whatever it was like that's just it's I like the synopsis game. So, now she's in the house. She's the hand that rocks the cradle. She's the nanny. She's taking care of the younger... Oh, shit. She's literally the hand she's, rocking the cradle. She is. She's taking care of their young son that was an infant. And Fuck. then... Right. And then, also, the daughter. Okay? How old's the daughter? Uh, maybe five, ten. I don't know. Well, that's a big difference. Whatever. Okay. Not not relevant. But old, old enough that the daughter could be used as a little bit of a pawn. So... It starts with, now this is the doctor's wife. She, who's changed her name. She's now the name. She wants to destroy all these people. Is she Fran Drescher? So like when you really go back to the higher level, before we get into the low, like down. A man, a doctor, is sexually molesting his patients. Gets called on it. Kills himself like a piggyback bitch. Then leaves his wife with nothing. So instead of the wife being like, my husband was evil, she's like, nah, I'm going to double down. Go find the people that accused him because they ruined my life. Not the husband that was molesting his patients. Do you think maybe she just was in such deep denial? She couldn't, she couldn't accept it or believe that her husband would do such a thing? To psychoanalyze a 1992 thriller at that level, I... I'm not going to lie. I wish that we watched this now because I did not know how insane it was. Right. But I think it's almost kind of better because then we're just creating what could be a really great idea in our mind. And also, like I said, it's batshit crazy. It's been created. So they had, I guess, a special needs person or someone that's a little slower or something like a handyman. So the the the, the nanny, who we're going to call Nanny Doc Wife. So we're just going to call her Nanny, but that's the doctor's wife, Right. The, the bad guy. The nanny. So the nanny. Nanny doc wife. The nanny says, fuck this special needs guy. Makes it seem like he was like molesting the kid. Oh no. Tells the parents. So he gets fired because he was like sniffing it around, around. Not sniffing around, but like, like she thought he was figuring out like who she was. So she gets rid of him. The, hu- her, the husband. She gets rid of the special needs. They fire him. So, but she thinks that. The, the mom, she plants so like... So the nanny thinks that the special needs help around the house is figuring out that she's the doctor's 
who killed himself. Or just wife. that she's nefarious. Right, because she's doing nefarious things. So, right, because he knows that she's up to no good. Exactly, because okay. he can see through. Because, you know... Because he's really not special. Because he's very smart. Because okay, gotcha. in the 90s tropes, like, he, like you know, the, the one thing that they get right about maybe people that are um, the, the developmental disabilities or something like that is that they're really, like, empathetic and they're really sweet and they're really nice. So at the core, they're like, this is a, you know, he's like, this is a bad person. Yeah, like, he, he could tell he she's knows bad. So she gets rid of him. Then... But she doesn't, like, kill him. She does. No, no, no. No, 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 no. She gets him out. Because that was sad. No, because... No. So then... She... Like... Plots... With... The husband... And the ex-fiance. She, like, manipulates... The husband and, like, an ex-girlfriend. To, like, plan a surprise birthday party. What? The ex-girlfriend? For the wife. Yeah. Or it was, like, her friend or something. So, like, makes it seem like they were having an affair... But meanwhile, it was like a surprise party for the wife. Hmm. Does that. Eventually, they kind of sort of like put it together. Like, okay. Because she then kills that girlfriend. And like, I guess takes like all of her asthma inhaler like medicine away. Because the mom has like asthma. Well, the mom has asthma. So she like takes all the inhaler medicine away. And then like, there's they have like a greenhouse at their property. It takes place in Seattle. They have like a greenhouse at their property. So then, then... The other lady dies, right? Wait, wait, wait. So the friend dies? Yes, because what's her name murders her. But what, like, what is... Because they're starting to figure out who she is. So then she murders her. She's like, okay, this lady's not going to murder her. So now the mom that hired the nanny. So the nanny now has got the blood of the friend on her hands. She's got the special needs part, or the, the developmentally disabled handyman fired. And now, so the husband's like, all right. Or the wife's like, all right. Together, they're like, all right. So they come together. Come together. And they look each other in the eye. They're they're like, like, we got to get the kids and get the fuck out of the house. Okay. We got to go to a hotel. So they realize that she killed the... How did she kill the friend? Do you know? You know, something about like slipping and falling in a greenhouse and setting it up. I don't know. I didn't see the movie. I read about it. Okay. And I only read about it in a way that like I read a synopsis. So I didn't like get too far into the weeds, which is why this is a little fun because you're making this whole movie in your head. This is wild. So... Long story. And you know what we might do now is we might even go back and like watch some of these scenes and watch some of this stuff so then we could talk and be like, okay, yeah, that was all right. Or wow, that was really bad acting. Anyway, the point being, they kind of figure it out. So they're like, all right, we're going to get the fuck out of here. Well, no, the nanny's not going to have that. So she like sets up to like knock the husband down the stairs. He breaks both his legs. And then she's like got the kids. But both the, of them? Yeah, she, the nanny's going to like kidnap the kids. But oh. then. Wait, the, where's the wife? Like, she's in the house, but then, or she didn't come home yet or whatever because they were packing them up to leave. So then the one, so the little daughter, like, locks her in the nursery. Then they're going to have a showdown with her or whatever. And well, that sounds fun, the showdown. And then, like, um, you know, the wife's going to have a showdown with the nanny. You know, the hand that rocks cradle. And uh, so the wife fakes an asthma attack. So the nanny thinks she won. Then the wife fucking, then the fucking handyman comes back. And he saves the day helps them save the day so wait does nanny doc wife think that the mom died of said asthma attack like does she think that because she's having an asthma attack she's gonna die type thing yeah okay and then the handyman comes back and saves the day yes does he kill nanny doc wife or does he call 911 what is he uh no the wife kills her and pushes out her window in the greenhouse? Yeah. 
How would that kill you, though? Greenhouse is on the first floor. No, she's on, like, the second floor. Then they all leave the attic. Tell so now I'm going to read you the synopsis now. So I gave you what I interpreted as the synopsis. Okay, okay. So now I'm going to read you what it was that is, I interpreted. Is this from IMDb, Wikipedia? This is a Wikipedia entry. Okay, okay, great. So I just gave you <laughs> and, the, and the listeners my rundown of this batshit insane movie. And now I'm going to read you where, I, where, that, where my telephone game came from. Oh, boy. And then the last one, and like I said, guys, the last one we'll do is what we remember wrongly. So I'll tell you what I think Fried Green Tomatoes was about, and you can tell me what you think it was about, and then we'll go back and either rewatch it or Wikipedia it. So, in Seattle, housewife Claire Bartle is happily married and pregnant with her second child. At a routine checkup, she's sexually molested by her new obstetrician, Dr. Victor Mott. Traumatized, she tells her husband, Michael, who encourages her to report Dr. Mott to the state medical board. Her accusation prompts four more women to come forward about Dr. Mott assaulting them, and multiple charges are prepared against him. Dr. Mott commits suicide to avoid being arrested. Again, I got that part right. Yeah. Lawyers tell Mott's... Oh, so Dr. Mott's... Oh, shit. Okay, so I missed this part. Again, this is why this would be a fun game. Lawyers tell Mott's pregnant widow... So she was pregnant. That her husband's assets have been frozen because of lawsuits... He voided his life insurance contract by committing suicide, and she will lose her luxurious home. Wait, is that a thing? If you kill yourself, do yeah. you void your... Oh, really? Generally, yeah. Most life insurance policies. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Because then you just go take out a million-dollar policy and kill yourself. It yeah, depends on the policy. you lose your life. Like, it's not like all fun and games. Like, you still lose your life. But like, if you know... Okay, so... That's the, just so unfortunate okay. for, the, for the people left behind. Okay, but a lot of times with a life insurance policy, so you go and take out a policy. And they'll make sure that you're in good health. Like, they might not give you a policy if you have cancer or you have something like that or whatever. Because, again, they're not going to want to pay. And a lot of times there's a clause that, like, if you commit suicide, then you don't get the money. So, it's, you know, again, he's got this life insurance. The assets would have been frozen anyway because they were going to go to this victim's fund because he was a fucking serial molester. And him killing himself, they avoid the, you know... That's why that's why sometimes like people high like make it seem like a murder or something like that. Anyway, so lawyers tell Mott's pregnant widow that her husband's assets have been frozen because of the lawsuits. He voided his life insurance contract by committing suicide, and she'll lose her home. Stressed, she goes into preterm labor, loses her baby, and undergoes an emergency hysterectomy. While recovering, she sees a news story identifying Claire as the one who reported her husband. So I did gloss over the fact that... She just went through double traumas where she not only lost... Traumas. Yeah, she lost her husband mm-hmm. to suicide, found out he was a predator, a sexual predator. Then she not only also found out that she's broke, but then she lost her baby. I yeah. mean, that's a lot. And then lost the ability to have kids. So Because oh, they gave her a hysterectomy. It's a, quin- a quintuple. It's just, yeah. So you know what? Maybe she gets a little bit of... Maybe there's a tiny man with a tiny fiddle somewhere for a little bit of this. I mean... Up until she starts to do what she does. So, six months later... Up until murders, maybe. Well, we'll okay. come for the ride. I'm, I'm bringing you for the ride. ride. I'm on the ride. Six months later, Claire's given birth to a boy, Joey. Looking for a nanny, she unknowingly hires Mrs. Mott, who is going under the alias Peyton Flanders. <laughs> Mott wages a campaign... <laughs> I don't know. That's really funny. Mott wages a campaign to undermine Claire and her household. She freak... Oh, yeah, okay. See, I'm forgetting. This is why this is going to be a fun game. She frequently breastfeeds Joey in secret, oh. which causes him to stop taking Claire's milk. So she's breastfeeding oh. the uh, the kid so that the kid doesn't want the mom's milk. 
Mott tries to turn Claire's daughter Emma against Claire and secretly destroys Michael's office proposal. Knowing that Claire's close friend, Claire's close friend Marlene, had been Michael's ex-girlfriend before he married Claire, Mott suggests to Michael that he arrange a surprise party for Claire, leading Marlene and Michael to meet in secret. Claire accuses Michael of having an affair with Marlene, only to find that the partygoers were waiting in the next room. Oof. Solomon, an intellectually disabled handyman who's been assisting the Bartels, discovers Mott breastfeeding Joey. So again, I missed the <sighs> I missed the breastfeeding part, that which like really that. that like really creeps me out. So I mean, I think anybody would be like, "Why are you breastfeeding?" That's like child? creepy. It's yeah. very it's the pre- idea of uh, creepy. To prevent him from exposing her, Mrs. Mott implies to Claire that she believes Solomon may have been molesting Emma. Mott plants a pair of Emma's panties in Solomon's toolbox. Y'all, like, when you say a young kid's underwear is panties, like, panties in general is not the greatest term, but, like, that's rough. It's a word that bothers me maybe more than any other word. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's it's rough. It's rough. It's rough. Leading Claire to fire him. Okay, so we've established that Claire will go to a medical board if she's being molested, but if she thinks her daughter's being molested, she's not going to go to the cops? I think you're finding. <laughs> well, this is the beauty of the game. <laughs> Emma tells Claire that Solomon never did anything bad to her. Claire doesn't believe Emma, causing her to turn against her mother as Maude had planned. Unknown to the family except for Emma, Solomon keeps a watchful eye over them. Wait, so Emma, the little girl, must see Solomon, who. And she can't say, Mommy, I know Solomon's watching us right. because right. she knows that her mom is anti Solomon and she's yeah. pro Solomon. Okay. Okay. Great. So I, I missed the whole breastfeeding subplot. My bad. A now wary Claire begins to suspect Peyton's hand in all of these incidents and suggests to Michael they should take a family vacation without Peyton. Mott overhears this and booby traps the greenhouse for Claire. Marlene. So if you remember now. Marlene, Marlene is the friend who the was friend. The, also the ex. Correct discovers Mott's identity, but before she can tell Claire, Mott tricks her into going to the greenhouse where she's killed by the falling glass ceiling. Knowing that Claire suffers from asthma, Mrs. Mott empties all of her inhalers. When Claire finds Marlene's bloodied body, she has an asthma attack and she's briefly hospitalized. Michael is left distraught over Marlene's death and his wife's condition. Mott attempts to seduce him. But he rejects her. Oh, thank God. Claire uncovers the truth about Mott, confronts her, and reveals the truth to Michael, just as Mott claims that she and Michael are having an affair. Michael denies this, kicks her out, and tells Claire to get Emma and Joey so they can head to a hotel for safety. Mott breaks into the house and hits Michael with a shovel, knocking him down the stairs and breaking his legs. She attempts to take Emma and Joey but after seeing Mott assault her mother, Emma locks her up in the nursery. Mott escapes and finds Solomon in the attic, aiding the kids' escape. Like, what the fuck is he doing in the attic? Does he just, like, live there now? Like, Man. monitoring everything? She attempts to kill Claire, but stops after Claire appears to be having another asthma attack, prompting Mott to mock her. As she tries to take Joey... Claire gets up, having faked her asthma attack, and pushes Mott out the window, impaling her on the picket fence and killing her. 
touched at how Solomon risked his life to protect her family. Claire welcomes him back. They all leave the attic to help Michael as the police and paramedics arrive. Okay, so now I'm looking at photos from the movie. So that is the movie that I just tried to describe to you for the first 15 minutes. It wasn't, you weren't too far off. No. Uh, you forgot the whole very creepy breastfeeding Breastfeeding part. subplot. And, Don't like And it. Solomon hiding in the attic. And Solomon in the attic. But thank God he was there, but also, yeah. eek. Um, yikes. Okay, I'm looking at movie stills from Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Is Mott the blonde? Or the brunette. Well, we oh, can... I'm guessing that she's the blonde just because of the faces. So I'm gonna guess not having seen this movie. I think she's looking, the blonde. Yeah. Looking at these photos, that the the brunette lady is the wife, is Claire, and that the blonde lady just, is Nanny Doc wife. Just based on the on the on the like how yeah, this like, looks, like, and yes. then like she's in the middle. I would assume <laughs> yes. that yeah, based and what we're looking at the theatrical poster. And then if you look at the at the um, woman who plays. The mother with the little girl, they both have, like, very dark hair, and they look very similar. Okay, yeah, yeah. I would say that that casting is probably more important than... Oh, do you know who Solomon was? Ernie Hudson. I don't know actors' names. Ernie Hudson is from Ghostbusters. And you know who Marlene is? Who from Ghostbusters? Not the man... (laughs) He's, um... Winston from Ghostbusters. Oh! Okay, cool. And do you know who Marlene Craven was? Julianne Moore. No, I was just... Oscar gl- winner Julianne oh, Moore. Oh, Oscar winner. So, and then we have yeah. Annabella Shiora as Claire. Rebecca De Mornay as Mrs. Mott. Matt McCoy That's as Michael Bartel. Yeah. So, like, the top three were all people that, like, they did some things. Um, But then, obviously, Ernie Hudson and Rebecca De Mornay. Um, um, Julianne Moore. Honestly, I wish that we watched it things. now. I don't know if I will want to watch it now that, like, every... Alert has been spoiled for me. Like, maybe I don't need to watch it right now, but, um. But you know what it is? I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, part of our podcast and part of, you know, every podcast, they have gimmicks. They have things that they do. Next month, you'll present one of the movies and you'll tell me after reading about it well, without looking month, at notes. Next month, I think we're going to actually have to watch more than one movie. So we'll probably maybe have to pick out some other movies. Because so we'll, we'll I'm looking some other at this movies. list here and we have... We'll get into that in a second. We'll get into that in a second. So, after my synopsis and the real synopsis, which one, which movie do you think you would have liked? And they honestly were very similar. Okay. I mean, I feel like I, the I real right. synopsis it detailed some things a little more, like the planting of the, we'll call them underwear. Mm-hmm. Um, the breastfeeding. The breastfeeding, which I really hate because the idea of someone breastfeeding someone else's baby behind their back is really, really, like, ugh. In front of their face. Like, I feel very, too. um... I feel very squeamish about that. But um, it makes a little bit more sense. It makes the character seem a little bit more psychopathic. Mm-hmm. And the fact, the fact, I do remember when I read about it for two seconds that there was like um, a traumatic miscarriage involved. So that actually, okay. and I didn't know why, or who, but like, yeah, that actually makes, um, it makes a little bit more sense why she'd become so unhinged because that's a lot of trauma to happen in a very short amount of time. Not excusing it. It's not cool to, uh, you know, so that was the movie we read about, baby. and that's going to be a running gimmick we have. We're going to pick a movie, um, out of the. You, we're we're going to choose one or two movies, couple movies that we can watch in a month, and we're going to put up the list. Like we're we're going to talk about a couple movies next month, um, here at the, at the tail end of the podcast. But we're going to do that, and then we're going to do this little game where we're just going to try to see like play telephone. 
It's like telephone tag. Um, just, I saw this movie, and I'm going to give you a rundown of this movie, even though I didn't actually see it. I just read it. So it'll be fun. It's like a 90s gimmick that we can do. Because back in the day, you only got the blurb, and you got whatever you saw in the review, and whatever somebody told you that happened in the movie. You got nothing else. So the last movie we have, and the, the segment we're going to call What We Remember Wrongly, working title, is, is mentioned Fried Green Tomatoes. So I, my history with Fried Green Tomatoes is it was a movie. I mm-hmm. saw a clip of it on the Oscars. My mom watched it. My sister watched it. I think I your mom liked it. I think it takes place in the South. Could be wrong. And it takes place in a diner. Could be wrong. That's all I know. I feel like just the fact that it's titled Fried Green Tomatoes, you you could probably just bet all of your money that it takes place in the South. You know what I mean? Like the same. That's what I recall. Um, I saw it in high school. Like, we actually watched it in class. I don't remember what class. Probably some English class. But, um, yeah, we watched it. I remember liking it. I don't remember the plot. Am I supposed to try to guess the plot of it? I remember there's definitely a diner. There's Whatever definitely like a couple of women that are friends. This is really just outlining how how terrible my memory has become. Um, there's like some women that are that are. It's like a very like women friendship type thing from what I remember. Recollect, yeah. Um, I think there's some kind of like abusive husband, maybe. There may be a murder of an abusive husband, and then I think that he might be turned into some sort of, like, food item at the diner. Wow, that's... It's <laughs> not what I thought it was about. I thought it was about, like, people opening a diner. I mean, they're no, eating people like, at a diner? I think that there's people eating people. Like, what is that thing? The it's... Cannibalism? They're like Sweeney Todd. Like it's like something. It's like a Sweeney Todd. <laughs> like what are we talking about? Situ- I don't understand what we're talking I about. I feel like it's like a feel good Sweeney Todd. Like if, okay. if Sweeney Todd and like maybe like beaches came together without <laughs> the traumatic death at the end, although someone is murdered and there might be a death. I don't remember. Other than that, um, yeah. So that's how I remember that movie. Okay. Um, so what we'll do next week is we'll actually either, or next month. Also, sorry, I have to jump in and say fried green tomatoes are delicious. So we're here. And since we've moved south, they are. If we go to a place that has them, I'll sometimes order them and enjoy them. So what, what we're going to do next month. You just month, totally don't even agree. No, I'm not. I don't like tomatoes in general. I don't want you to fry them. I don't want to do it. I mean, I, I take that back. That's a stupid thing. Because if anybody like heard that, they'd be like, you are a liar. You just ate pizza and you like tomato sauce and you eat chili. No, I just don't like tomatoes like as a... I don't like tomatoes in my salad. I'm going to tell like you what you don't like. Yeah, I was going to say you don't like... tomatoes, but I like tomatoes. I think what you really don't like is what... Cherry tomatoes. You don't like... They explode. The goo, right? You don't yeah, like nah, the tomato... Nah, nah. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows? So what we'll do is we'll actually <laughs> go back and update at the top of the next podcast. Like, this is fried green tomatoes. We'll give the little synopsis. We're not going to give the whole plot rundown like we did with Hannah well, yeah. Rice the Cradle. We'll, we'll That's just a see if game. it's really Sweeney Todd meets Beaches. Right. That's what we think. Minus That's what a, you think. Minus That's a very sad ending. Yeah. That's what we remember. So next month, we had already circled a couple movies. We're probably going to watch Wayne's World. Um, we also circled that Stop or My Mom Will Shoot will come out. And Medicine Man will come out. So 
I think maybe the best would be um, you to read the plot of Medicine Man, maybe. And then no, okay. tell I, me that I'll movie. tell you. I and have... then we'll try to remember Stop or My Mom Will Shoot because the oh, only God. thing, like, I could remember very little of it now. And if I don't look at it, it'll probably be pretty funny. Um, and we're going to watch Wayne's World and kind of talk about that and give some opinions. And then that's how it'll be. Other months, there'll be more, like, looking ahead. We're looking at March. Like, there's My Cousin There's Vinny, some. There's some months we're instinct, definitely going to watch. We're going to watch multiple movies. More than one. And we'll put it out there. And, you know, if more people listen and more people want to engage, it might be something where we ask you guys, tell us, hey, you know, and, and we'll vote on something. But we're definitely going to watch at least one movie. We're going to review a synopsis at least one, you know, a wrong synopsis, at least one movie. And uh, I have no idea what Medicine Man's about. Well, that that's why that movie can't be um, like it can't that that movie can't be a what do you think it was about? I you can't no even tell you who's in it. Like I'm Sean really, Connery, I'm very bad you, at movies. I can tell you right now, which is why I don't want to do like, what do you remember? No, don't, don't, don't. You don't have to do it right now. It's Sean Connery. I, I... Yeah, you can read me the plot. I'll read you the plot. Or I can read you the plot. I, if you want, I can read you the plot of that one. You could pick the next. It's batshit insane. Like, the, it, the, the plot of that? But have you seen it? Yes. Okay, so I'll read you the I'll read the plot. I'll try to remember it and explain so it to you. Seen Medici- that makes more I've sense. probably seen Medicine Man like two or three times maybe over the years because my mom, my parents like Sean Connery movies and stuff. Stop and Everybody's my mom will shoot. parents like I know because he was James Bond. Stop and my mom will shoot. I may have seen once. And I know that it has stars Sylvester Stallone. I know and there's I know a train. That there's a gun and a I train. know the train. That's no, I that's know. throw mama from the train, unless it's also that. I don't know. Oh shit. This whole time. I'm thinking we're talking about no. throw mama from the train <laughs> and we're sitting here talking about stop and my mom will shoot. This is why this is a great game. Oh, you come shit. into this completely blind and you just say, this is what I think the movie was about. <laughs> so I have an idea what I think it was about. And now I'm pissed because I should have just let you go. You might have no idea what it's about. I know what it's about. I, I'm pretty sure I know what it's about. I've never seen this movie. Okay, anything. perfect. Don't look it up. Don't do anything. We'll get in here. We'll record and it'll be great. <laughs> and everybody can enjoy it. Who knows? Maybe we can just watch Wayne's World this weekend and come right back and get our February out the way just so you don't get a chance. But but um, okay. we've been doing, we, we've been talking about uh, F. Mary Kills Ooh. all the way through here on the podcast on our, uh, on this 90s feed. So did you have any ideas for an F. Mary Kill on this one? Oh, I have an idea for you. What's that? Are we doing, are we, we're doing characters, right? Is that you how can we're do doing characters, ones? you can do whatever you want. Okay. This is what I'm going to give you. Okay. You got Claire, the wife. <laughs> Claire, the wife. The wife. Marlene, the friend that you didn't end up impregnating Marlene, with two friend, kids. Okay. Who's not dead. She's okay. still alive. And then you got, uh, and then you got Nanny Doc wife. Okay. You got to look, you got to look at that. We got Julian. So you got a redhead. You got a brunette. Uh-huh. You got a blonde. Okay. So Rebecca de Mornay. Okay. Annabella Shiora mm-hmm. and Juliana Moore. So, yes, but you have it has to be the characters. Ladies of the nineties. No, no, but I'm saying yeah, these yeah, ladies yeah. of the nineties. A redhead, mm-hmm. a blonde. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and say that Mrs. Mott, aka mm-hmm. Mrs. Flanders, we're gonna have to kill her because she is a lunatic. I'm gonna do that. It's probably the best call. And you know, I'm just gonna follow. Um, yeah, I'm gonna follow Michael. Right. So he chose the black haired girl. Like I'm gonna go there. Because, like, obviously, that's the wife. He married her. Two kids. There must have been something about the redhead that was crazy. He he left Marlene for her. So you think that there's yeah. probably a reason, right? I think there's probably a reason. You need to go out for, for some some drinky drinks. Yeah, well, I'll go out and have some drinks and maybe get, you know, I don't know about in trouble. But, I mean, like, I'll, obviously, my wife will think I'm having an affair immediately. 
because of, of well, the Well, that, par- that is part of FML, you know what I yeah. mean? Or oh, FMK. Yeah. yeah. FML. That's Adalians. So, because you are 100% going to have to talk about Wayne's World characters. Like, that's where we're going with you. Oh, God, yeah. I can see that happening. And I already know two, and then I know the third after we see it. And I'm going to tell you who it is, and you're going to laugh. So... That's uh, that. I need some 90s trivia. Okay. We got three questions do to it. end our podcast. Okay. I don't know. Let me know if these don't work. Some of them are an actual question. Okay. Three questions. Loser buys dinner. Ready? Mm-hmm. This is a 90s spelling bee question. Just spell the name. Oh, God. It says they'll give you two tries. But. Spell Lollapalooza. Can I write it? No. Oh no, but there's a marker That's right there. That's not how spelling bee works. So no, much. I can use it in a sentence. Lollapalooza was an okay. alternative I know music festival from the nineties. <laughs> so much. That's so helpful. Lollapalooza. Uh huh. L. A. L. A. P. A. You know what? You should write it down. Can you write it down? Here, here. I'm going to give you this this board. You, I, I want you to write it down because I want to make sure you get it right. Oh, what if I don't get it? I'm not going to... Put what it under I, the trivia. I'm, just put it under the trivia. Let's just spell it out. Oh, my goodness. You just spell it out because we should probably take a picture of it. Okay. So L-A-L-A-P-A-L-O-O-S-A. you. A L A P A L O O Z A. Lala Palooza. Wrong. Oh. Give me another chance. I'm gonna say it again. Lala Palooza. Lola Palooza. No, 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 no. Keep that first one, so you can see it. it it's like Wordle. Keep that first one. L O L A P O L O O Z A. Wrong. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. L-O-L-L-A-P-A-L-O-O-Z-A. I was going to do two L's and then I didn't. I tried. It's like lollipop. There's really no way. Damn it. (coughs) But like, you're going to know that. (laughs) You're going to know. Just come on. It's not the game. You pick the cards. you, You give me a hard one here. I didn't. Come on. Okay, put these Saturday Night Live weekend update news anchors in the order they appeared from earliest to okay. latest. Dennis Miller. I didn't even give you their names yet. Uh, it's it's Dennis Miller, and then it's Kevin Nealon, and then it's, what is your last one that you have? Uh, bah, 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 bah. Dennis Miller, Kevin Nealon, and <sighs> Colin, Colin Quinn? Norm MacDonald. Okay, so it's Dennis Miller. Kevin Neal and then Norm McDonald, but I know Norm McDonald gets fired because of the OJ shit, so I'm really torn. Because it could be Dennis Miller, then Norm, then Kevin Nealon. But I'm going to stick with my original. It's good that you did, because you were yeah. right. I yeah. thought you were just going to get it. I'm like, this guy doesn't even know the <laughs> options, and he's about to get this. I like Saturday Night Live in the 90s. All right, one nothing. Okay, great. It's a number game. 
So the answer is just a number. It's the number code on a pager that says I love you. 143. 143. On February 11th, 1990, in Tokyo, Japan, which of these boxers knocked out Mike Tyson? Buster Douglas? Mm-hmm. George Foreman? Mm-mm. Roy Jones Jr.? Mm-mm. Evander Holyfield? Mm-mm. Buster Douglas? Yeah. Two to one. You need to um, get this correct. Put these Michael Jordan events oh, God. from the 90s. In the chronological order they occurred. Plays professional baseball. Wins second NBA championship. Retires from basketball. Wins sixth NBA championship. Wait, okay. So what was the first one again? Plays professional baseball. Okay. He... He wins the second NBA championship. Okay. He retires from basketball. Okay. He plays baseball. Right. And he wins the sixth NBA championship. That is correct. Oh, my God. You are a child of the 90s. Congrats. Well, that's just because we saw that documentary. I mean, you should just know that from the 90s because that's just how it went in the 90s. He won six championships. So that's just how the 90s went. Yeah. He won three, retired, then came back and won three more. Okay, you're going to know this, but which one of the following is not Canadian? Shania Twain, Jim Carrey, Keanu Reeves, or Jewel? Not Canadian? Mm-hmm. Well, Jewel's from Alaska. Where's Alaska? Not in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, damn. Well, we thank you guys for joining us. Hopefully our movie gimmick will be fun. Hopefully it'll catch on. Uh, next month, we're definitely going to spotlight Wayne's World, Stopping My Mom Will Shoot, and Medicine Man, which all came out in February of 92. Jen, you got anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I think that's uh It's a good time. You had fun? I did have fun, yeah. I was so. worried that I didn't know anything about the movies we were talking about, and I was right. Um, those worries were confirmed. And <laughs> You played uh, right into my like... hands. I told you it'll be a good time. I'll make you <laughs> yeah. laugh. I can make other people laugh. So we'll have fun. So everybody, we're so glad that you listened yes. whenever you find this. Yes, and uh, follow, like, subscribe. Um, uh, we're, uh, BLC Mixtapes on Instagram. Becky left the chat at Gmail. Just, you know. Becky left the chat at Twitter. We're going to try. We're older. We're kids of the 90s. It's not really our thing. We're I'm very just old. I'm gonna leave you guys with this. If and when you decide that what you need is a nanny, make sure you vet them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make sure that they're not um your molester's widow. I mean, that's it. Yeah. If it seems like it could be on a lifetime movie, it could happen in your lifetime. Bye guys. <laughs>